Welcome back to I'm Open. Today we have a very special episode. We are doing a deep dive on the cat colonies in MetLife Stadium. A cat burst into the spotlight just a few weeks ago on Monday Night Football as the Giants were facing the Cowboys. But the main story from the whole night was that cat. Where did he come from? Where did he go? And something about Cotton Eye Joe. So we're going to go very deep with a special guest, a cat expert, and learn about cat colonies and do an investigative report on the cats underneath the stadium. Coming up next on I'm Open. I'm Open Family, we have something very, very special for you guys today. I'm sure you were wondering last week when you listened to episode 43, why is there no mask off segment? You know I'm Open Family all around the world. And shout out, special shout out to the I'm Open Family in New Zealand for the love and the listens. Keep on listening. We love you guys. I'm sure you were wondering, why was there not a mask off? Segment. We always do that every week, taking the mask off and revealing somebody who has revealed something and knew about themselves that week. And that is because we were saving it for this week. We're going to do a super deep dive mask off segment with a very special guest. Mask on, fuck it, mask on. Mask on, fuck it, mask on. Zach Mason is here. Zach, thank you so much for being on I'm Open. Thank you for having me, David. I appreciate it. This is to talk about cats. Yes, sir. So this is really exciting. And the reason I brought in Zach is because we've got a very special deep dive investigative reporting issue. 60 Minutes wouldn't cover it. Uh, the other investigative journalists that you might – Brian Williams, is he canceled actually? So I guess he's not allowed to cover it. He's got a he's got an 11 p.m. show on MSNBC. Oh, he's back, baby. He's uncanceled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Was he the one who lied about getting like shot down? He's cable only now. Oh, cable only. Cable only. Yeah. You got to pay extra for Brian. Yeah, yeah. He is the one who lied about getting like shot by the Taliban, right, or something? Yeah, yeah. He was like <laughs> under fire or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a cool story. So, whatever investigative reporter you might listen to. They have not really done the full investigation that we need, so we decided to do it ourselves. Now, a couple weeks ago, the Giants and the Cowboys were playing on Monday Night Football, and a cat ran on the field. A black cat ran all around the field. It was like, I think it was right before Halloween, too. It was like very spooky. That cat happened to run around the field, and nobody could get the cat. They were all chasing the cat. And uh, there was even a security guard who was, like, pointing towards the exit as if the cat understood. <laughs> like, hey, the exit's over here. <laughs> and the cat was running around the field to ruin the game. So, obviously, cats are cute. We all loved it. And it was weird. It was spooky that it, that it mixed up, you know, the game and stopped the game. And then it was it was later revealed that that was not the only cat. That there's actually a story that came out that there's many, many cats living inside of the stadium. And so so immediately I was like, we got to bring in an expert on this topic. So I hit up Zach and I said, when are you free to come in and really break this down for me and just educate me on this whole cat subculture, this cat colony that's going on? Now, before we get into it, Zach, please just, what are your, what are your credentials? Because the I'm Open family, we don't just believe any old, any old, you know, expert that comes out. 
So I'm sure they're, they're thinking, what makes you smarter than me? What makes you better than me? So tell everybody, what makes you smarter and better than them? And why are you equipped to, to really explain the situation? Uh, I, my name is Zach Mason. I'm a lifelong uh, cat lover. Uh, earliest memories, we had three cats and a dog. Um, cats all growing up. Cats, as soon as I lived on my own, I had cats. Two cats right now. Um, I'm... I'm following upwards of maybe a hundred different cats on Instagram. <laughs> I got uh, this is I've put in I've put in my time. You put in the time and the work. So, what are your cats' names right now? Let's give them a little shout out. So we got uh, we got Abacus and we got Gibbous. I named neither because they came from a shelter and they already had their names, but those names are cool, so I stuck with them. Abacus is really cool. It's. Uh, it's a former, you know, calculator. What is a gibbous? The gibbous is a uh, like so you have the the moon phases and you got the crescent is the like little sliver. The gibbous is the inverse of that where it's like the moon is like three quarters full. That's like gibbous phase. Oh, that's really cool. I didn't even know about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm already learning. So, just before we really dive into it, if you guys maybe have not had a chance to read this the story, I'm going to just quickly just run down some of the facts and the details before we really go into into a deep dive here, and before before Zach really you know hel- helps us all learn about about this, uh, which I think a lot of us probably didn't even really really know existed, and this cat has just sort of become the face of the underground cat colony world that many of us you know didn't even know about. So this is from the New York Post, a proud journalistic institution, and this came out uh, November fifth, about a week after the cat had dashed onto the field. Um, and according to the story, it says the black cat that helped put the jinx on the Giants during Monday Night Football. And let's just be honest, Zach, you and I both know the jinx has already been on the Giants because they fucking suck. It's not the cat's fault. So please don't blame the cat. (laughs) Wasn't just a trespasser. It was a part of a colony of as many as 300 feral felines that call MetLife Stadium home. One source said, I looked at it and said, that looks like one of the cats I feed. This was an employee who declined to give his real name, but he's known as the Catman around the sports complex that is in East Rutherford, New Jersey. And he goes on to say, there are over 300 feral cats in the complex right now. I go to seven or eight colonies at the racetrack, and there are people feeding them at MetLife, which is the name of the stadium. Now, this same fellow, he's giving a lot of details. He said, the cat was unbelievable. He's a big cat and healthy. And you know why? Because the worker feeds these cats up to 11 25-pound bags of dry food every week. And he also kicks in 18 to 24 cans of wet food every week. So, this guy's really spending a lot of money to um, to, to support the cats. And just the last piece, last piece here, um, these cats are descended from... I guess, barn cats that they call them that were originally brought in to handle rats and mice around the racetrack at the Meadowlands. And now I guess their, their grandchildren are still around and still roaming the tracks. So we have a lot to unpack here. Wasn't there someone in that story who was like disputing it? He was like a doubter. He was like, I've seen like maybe two cats. Yes. What's that guy up to? Yeah. Thank you, Zach, for bringing that up. So that's why that's part of the reason why we really had to dig down and deep in this. And, and maybe that's our first question because there's a lot of denying going on. 
So all the officials who work for the stadium and who who work for MetLife, obviously MetLife is not just a stadium company, but they bought the sponsorship on the stadium. But they're all saying, we have no idea what you're talking about. No way. No way would we have hundreds of cats living underneath in the guts of our stadium. And what are you trying to hide? Like, how deep does that cover up go? That's what I'm. That's what I wanted to get. That that's a great place to start. What are these guys trying to hide? Why wouldn't they just admit? Yeah, it's awesome. Our stadium is full of cats. I feel like they might bring in some more fans. They might bring in some more cat lovers like yourself. You might actually have a reason to want to go to the to the MetLife Stadium. But why do you think they're so adamant? Like denying, denying, denying. There's like maybe one or two cats, but one or two is so different from like three or four hundred. It's not even close. You can't mistake from one to the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't like so I. Like, I know cats from, like, domestic side. Like, I'm not a, like, a country kid or whatever. Like, I didn't grow up with a lot of feral cats around. And so, like, I had to do some research for this myself. Like, I had to go read upwards of three or four different articles. Holy shit. That's the most preparation anyone has ever done for this show, including me. (laughs) Um, Well, from what I've read, like, where MetLife is, I was, like, looking at, like, Google Maps and everything, like domesticated cat so like a like a lone cat who maybe came from a neighborhood or whatever when you have like an indoor outdoor cat apparently their sort of range like the distance they feel comfortable going from their house is maybe like if you pictured like four or five football fields like that's about the square footage that they're willing to like go from their house where they'll feel safe whereas like feral cats will go like what was it oh it was two square miles so it's like if there were one or two cats, you would think maybe those are from the neighborhood. Those are like somebody's cat who got out and somehow got to the stadium. I'm thinking it's way more likely that you've got a nest and like a den somewhere under there where there's all the cats. And also, why would the one guy lie and say he's feeding hundreds of cats if there's really only a couple? You know what I mean? Yeah. So when you when you hear about people lying publicly like this, or maybe not lying, or two different sides of a story, I feel like I always try to look at. I say allegedly. Alleged people allegedly, right? So I you always think of who has more like motivation to lie and for what, right? And so for this guy who's like a stadium maintenance guy, like what what is in the game? What could he possibly stand to gain from admitting that he probably spends like, like how expensive is cat food? You're a cat dad. How expensive is? I mean, that's hundreds of dollars. You're talking about like it was like 200 pounds of food. That's a dollar, right? So this man is literally probably spending like a sizable portion, maybe like like a decent like 15 percent of his salary or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, who knows? I'm not going to guess how much the guy makes, but he's spending a lot, hundreds of dollars on these cats. It's not like a brag thing. Like the guy obviously just does it out of the goodness of his heart. And he was, he was not willing to admit that like, he just said, they know me as the cat man. You know, he's not saying like who he is, who exactly he works for because He's seems trying to get a book deal. <laughs> no, no. And it seems like he's worried that obviously his the bosses or the, the powers that be that run the stadium do not want this to get out. So he doesn't want to admit that like, yeah, I'm the guy who kind of supports this cat, this cat civilization living in the stadium. So I tend to believe him, allegedly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I just feel like, yeah, why would you lie about that? Now, are you... Are you disappointed that somebody else beat you to the nickname, the cat man, or, you know, <laughs> I know you're a humble guy, so you haven't really been putting yourself out there as much. 
Yeah, so I've got issues with the because it's exclusive, right? And I'm mm. an inclusive person, and mm. so I don't want to be the anything. I want to be like A. So like A Catman, maybe. But mm. I'm also like I'm not 100% comfortable with the man part. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of um, societal baggage to like live up to is like the the strict gender binary, right? Yeah. So I'm, so I'm gonna. Yeah, I, I'm I'm cool. He can be cat man. So, what cat la- cat related nickname would you like to have if if maybe Jivis goes viral for doing for you know learning how to play the trumpet or something? Yeah, just like a uh, cat consultant. Oh yeah, I think I, I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, yeah, I'm comfortable with that too. I like that. So, just first, and you're really talking to an ignoramus over here. What is uh, what's the difference of a feral cat, and then what is that? What 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 is, what is that? So feral cats are cats that are like uh, born uh, wild, grow up wild, and usually if they're not socialized, if you don't get a feral cat out of the cat colony and into like a house where they're around people within the first like six or eight months, it's usually pretty hard to get them to be a domesticated cat later. Um, Gibbous was actually from a cat colony in Herndon, Virginia. My friend does uh, cat rescue. And they scooped him up, took him to the vet, got him checked out, and then was, uh, and then were like, uh, I think he could, he could be a good house cat. He's, he seems pretty chill. And so he was about a year, the vet thought, living on the streets, and he's still real wild. Like we've had him for a couple of years, and he's still just like, it's a little closer to having a wild animal in your house than to having just like a normal cat or dog. <laughs> like he's a little like unpredictable. Like he chews on stuff like a puppy would. Like he's just like, He's a little weirder than most cats. So and you so can tell cats are that, you know? Okay. So you can tell the difference if you like meet the cat, especially for an expert like you. So does, does is it Jibbus or Gibbus? Which one is it? I'm like, sorry. Uh, no, no, you're good. It's a uh, G-I-B-B-O-U-S. Yeah. No, I know the spelling, but I just, at first I thought it was Jibu. I thought it was French. <laughs> so... So, do you think does Gibbous like uh, freak out Abacus? Like having like a house cat that's like the the field mouse in the country, or the city mouse or whatever, or I don't even know a tale of two cities or whatever. Does he yeah. freak out uh, Abacus by his behavior? For sure, and I think it's partially that. I think it's partially age difference. Like she's older; she's like twelve, and he's like three. So mm. he's like always wants to play. She's like, I'm an old lady; leave me alone. Um, she'll go like sleep on top of the fridge because he can't get up there. Um, but yeah. Why can't he get up there? He's like, he's weird. He doesn't try to jump up on high things. Like he's scared of it, I guess, or whatever. He just like, has never tried to jump up on a counter. I'm sure he could get up there if he wanted, but he just doesn't try. So she knows if she goes up there, he can't follow her. Gibbous is like, we need like a whole other episode on Gibbous. Gibbous is scared of countertops, but he's like from the mean streets of Herndon. Like, (laughs) no. He's a weird dude. I'll send you a picture. You can post of uh, Gibbous. I will definitely post a pic of him. We'll have to get a little mini cat version of the I'm open hat for Gibbous to wear so he can match you. But uh, that is wild. He's scared of climbing on the countertop and the guy's literally a street cat. I can't believe he shouldn't be scared of anything. He's scared of strangers. Like he um, – so my wife and I, like, uh, he's fine with us. He's friendly with us. But, like, any other friends come over, he, like, runs and hides. Um, he's wow. just, like, kind of weak. You're listening 
to I'm Open. Don't forget to write us a review, give us a rating, tell a friend to listen to this show, and follow us on Instagram at I'm Open underscore pod. So, we were talking about the food, and like I think a lot of people who, who are not, you know, who don't live with cats, um, might not realize like how expensive it is, the whole deal. Now, he was saying, uh, the cat man, as, as he was called, was saying that they really love the wet food, and he, that's like, the, they especially love, so he kicks in like 18 to 24 cans of wet food on his own. So actually, he, he did say that the MetLife Sports Complex helps pay for the 25 pound, ba- for 11 25 pound bags. So that's almost 300 pounds of cat food, which is insane. Luckily, MetLife does help chip in. So obviously, they fucking know about it. They know what's up. Yeah, there's, there's a couple cats, but you spend, you're buying 300 pounds of food for them. Uh, 300 pounds of cat food every week? That's insane. Like, I can't, I mean, if they don't know what it is, I just can't imagine, like, ah, hey, Greg, what is this line item here for, uh, a thousand dollars? Like, they would know. <laughs> so, so is that true? And then, the, and then the wet food he pays out of his own pocket. Is it, is, so is wet food kind of more expensive than fancier yeah. stuff? That's kind of the understanding? Yeah. Because the dry food is basically, it's like cereal, right? It's like, mm. like grains and like, meat byproducts and stuff and it's just kind of like all pulped up and extruded and little pellets or whatever so it's like that's all cheap it's all like leftovers from human food probably oh and then the wet food's like the good shit yeah yeah oh more it's a little more um involved i guess okay okay good to know i'm already learning so much (laughs) so you're talking about how gibbous is you know he he grew up in a cat colony um, in Herndon, until this story came out, I had no idea that cat colonies were even a thing. Like, for a feral cat, why wouldn't they just kind of roam on their own? Like, I didn't think of cats as, like, pack creatures. Why would you want to be with, like, hundreds of other cats? That, I don't, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, so they're really, they really do tend to be solitary animals. And in the, like, big cat world, I think only lions are the one. I think they're the only ones that actually form groups hmm. in the wild. I think all other, like you know, tigers, cheetahs, whatever, are pretty solitary once they grow up. Like once they break free from their mom, they're kind of out on their own until they maybe have a partner and kids and whatever. But like in general, they're they're spending most of their time alone. And it's the same with um, feral cats in general. But I was reading up on it because I was like, oh, yeah, how does the actual colony work? Because I'd always heard that term cat colony. And I assumed it was just kind of like cats who happen to live in the same general area. Mm-hmm. But apparently they will actually like form up, like find a, what they'll call it, end, like some place where they feel safe to sleep and eat and just kind of like hang out. And so what usually ends up happening is it's a mom and her babies and then other moms and their babies. And then the moms will start feeding each other's babies and they form this sort of social network where it's like, okay, like I got your back, you got my back, I'll help you raise your kids. We'll form a sort of like a little safety net where we're, um, you know, safer from predators and things like safety numbers. And then through those kids kind of having multiple moms, basically, now those kids are bonded 
like those kittens become sort of part of a social network. And that seems to be how those colonies form is those like those kittens kind of then feel more comfortable around each other and less like they need to be on their own because they're like, Oh, Dave's here. I know Dave, you know, like, yeah, you know? And so that's usually how it it forms is this like natural linear pattern. That's really cool. Following the the female, uh, following the female leadership structure. And it makes sense when you grow up sharing food with other, other kittens and they kind of feel like, you know, brothers and sisters it is interesting like how this – in this case, they said there's like seven or eight cat colonies that make up the 300. So, there must be like, you know, subgroups within where it's like, this is my squad over here. I guess it must yeah. be based on what dens they go back to. Exactly. Yeah, their territory. And so, like apparently the deal is they have like – their den is their home base. Then they have like what they would call like their, their hunting or uh, the hunting range, like the mm-hmm. distance that they feel is sort of like any mice or rats or bulls or whatever that come in this area are, are mine. Like I feel entitled to this mm-hmm. or whatever. And then there's usually like neutral areas where those those hunting ranges kind of overlap with other groups. So like, oh wow. So in within that stadium, I mean, it's such a huge complex. You got the stadium, you got the racetrack, you got all the other. Yeah, there's like a weird like whole like uh, indoor uh, like water park there. It's like a huge yeah. complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's probably like you know a couple <laughs> dens under each structure, and then they kind of like pass each other in the halls or whatever, going about their business and just like sup, and then like going back to their dens, you know. <laughs> but that is wild. There's really like it's like there's really like this is our corner. Yeah, like yeah. that's your oh shit. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, so I was reading up on this too. I was like, because uh, everyone immediately noticed that the, the cat who came out on the field was a, was a dude. And apparently mm-hmm. that's because when those kittens start to grow up, the moms and the babies stay kind of integrated together. But the like um, sexually mature males usually kind of become these kind of like free radicals kind of floating around the edge mm-hmm. of the colony. Like, so they're still in the colony. But they're not as like welcome in the heart of it uh-huh. because they're now like a potential like like aggressor threat, moms, right? So now, so they're still around, but they're sort of more likely to kind of go further away from the den because they're sort of in this weird in between where they're kind of loners but kind of tied to a colony. Uh-huh. It makes sense that it was like a dude who wandered out because he would have been at that with those fringes, right? It totally makes sense. And it goes back into the alleged, you know, lies by MetLife. It's like everything comes back where this makes sense. This is how it would work. It would be a male who's like running off looking. I think he's sovereign citizens, you know, they, they, they make their own rules. <laughs> That's maybe a way to describe them. So, so then it's like it would make sense that he's the one that runs out into the field. It wouldn't be like a baby because they're staying with the colony. That is, that is really cool. So – when we talk, so it's like it, it's not just like an anarchy thing. That's what I first imagined, just like hundreds of cats, just like climbing over each other, just going crazy. But yeah. it seems like there's like a social structure to the way the colonies. It's like one big colony all around East Rutherford, New Jersey, and then like several sub colonies of like different moms <laughs> that have like banded together, right? Like yeah. it's it's a structure to the whole thing. Yeah, and I think because they use they're big on um scents they use scents to to mark their territory so either like face, facial glands or like urine uh, or, or whatever 
So they can kind of mark their territories and kind of be like, you know, this is Harden Street Crew territory mm-hmm. right here. Like, you know, yeah. versus like some other group that's somewhere else. And so they kind of know where to go, where not to go, how to avoid conflict with those other groups. That's really deep. That's really deep. And there's a proud tradition, obviously, in this area. I mean, they're saying they're descended from from barn cats that were brought in to, to get the pests out of the racetrack when it was first built. So, like, these colonies, there might be le- – like, 300 might just be the tip of the iceberg, like, honestly. Yeah, I did some uh, – so, I did some looking up, and I was like, oh, yeah, how many – like, I first was like, how many cats are there in the U.S. that we should be able to count, like, pet cats? Right? Like, a, like a pet census. Do we have a pet census? There's there's groups that do that. They try to track like uh, wildlife and domestic. Yeah. So the the but even there, so pet pet cats. We have anywhere from fifty eight to seventy four million pet cats in the U.S. Wow. Like that's still that's a big range, right? You got a yeah. million range. Yeah, that's huge. And then I was like, well, then how many feral cats do we have? Like that should be even harder to count. And I guess it is because the numbers I found were anywhere from 50 to 150 million feral cats. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just basically like we have no fucking clue. There's a lot of cats out there that are just running on their own. Yeah. A hundred million dollar, like a hundred million <laughs> number question mark, right? Oh, like, that's not even, you shouldn't have even guessed at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you might as well just made it up. You Anywhere know. between one and one billion. Like. Yeah, exactly. Somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. So, like, so we're all learning and growing here as we do on the I'm Open uh, podcast here. So, there's a good chance that there are more wild, or they don't like to be called wild, feral cats. There are more feral cats than, yeah. than, than house cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's insane. There's at least like as many, maybe twice as many. Holy shit. Definitely. So, so like, so all over the country, there's got to be similar colonies like this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and these cats are like, you know, my grandfather came here back when the horse races started and uh, there used to be some big rats back then. He took care of it. <laughs> they're, they're like the pioneers. Did it change his name to assimilate and like... Yeah. yeah. His name used to be Catalino when he had the chain. <laughs> he came over in Ellis Island and they just couldn't, they couldn't understand. He couldn't read or write either, so it was a little... <laughs> I'm just imagining that's like, true, but so, but honestly, that is true, right? That's how I mean, that's how cats got here. That's how rats got here was on ships, you know. Like mm-hmm. as far as as far as um, everything I've read, there weren't uh, the rats that we have in the U.S. are from Europe. Like those are European. Rats. Yeah, fucking colonizers. The rats came on the boat, and then some more rats got off the boat, didn't they? That's right. That's, right. <laughs> that's wild. But so cats the cats were the same because cats were brought on ships to try to control mice and rats like for the voyage and so it's like that's kind of how cats spread so going back so like feral cats is, is that my saying it right feral yeah like will feral okay yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so feral cats um they're supposed to hunt for themselves but in this situation like the guy's giving them like a lot of food like do you think this throws off like their natural 
instinct of, of the cast or, or do you think, I mean, obviously you always want to get extra food if, if they're offering, you know, but it, they're like half feral, sort of domesticated because obviously like the whole grounds crew and the maintenance crew all knows about them. They're the sort of like hush, hush, don't ask, don't tell type thing. I'm sure for them, it's really nice. We got cats here that are like, they all feel like they're their cats. Cause the guy said he was like really proud. He's like, I recognized him. That was my little boy. Like he recognized the guy on the field. <laughs> Um, so I feel like it works out for both of them. But do you think this like throws off like the the normal feral cat sort of instinct uh, by having humans still give them food, or are they not fully considered to be feral cats since they kind of do have caretakers? I was kind of trying to think about that, and I was the best analogy I could think of would be like if you already like brought your lunch to work, and then there was like an office party. You might double dip that day. Oh, I would definitely double dip. <laughs> you, know, you might be like, well, I, I already ate this, but I'm, I'm definitely going. Because Sue makes, like, bomb uh, macaroons, and I got to grab one. <laughs> you know? And so it might be like that, where it's like they're doing both, right? And it's just some days they're really stuffed, and some days they're hungry. Because it's, you know, I don't know. I don't know how, I wonder how used to that pattern they are. Mm-hmm. If he's going every week, they might sort of, like, anticipate it. Mm-hmm. But. Um, like domestic cats, anyone with a cat in their house knows that the cats like figure out the schedule. Like they know when you feed them, and if you uh, deviate from it, he will let you know. They'll be like, "Hey, uh, it's eating time." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's funny too because when you're like, "This is just a stray cat," but then everybody, I mean, when you did notice the cat looked really healthy and like, oh yeah. He, he was a big boy. He didn't look like he, he was, was like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't look like he was like scrounging him for like scraps, like licking out yeah. at the inside of like cans. Like he looked no, like he was getting fed. A smaller cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He ate somebody who tried to come in on his turf yeah, yeah. <laughs> from one of the other colonies. <laughs> but like, I think that was something that also surprised people. It was like, oh, this cat looks very healthy, and he was a big boy. <laughs> well, I'm imagining if you're like looking at it from the other perspective i'm thinking like if you're a rat or a mouse or whatever i'm trying to think of a better place to live than a stadium like that's probably the greatest place on earth because it's like the food around tons of food getting just like thrown around like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. tons of people just leave their food on the floor when they leave they're probably loving that they're probably sending letters back to old country and they're like, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> it's lit baby come on down <laughs> yeah it's real like american tale like up in up in metlife you know? yeah people just straight up throw their popcorn on the ground here it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you know what i mean like if you're a rat that's born like lived your whole life in that stadium you think you like you you luck out right like this is the greatest place on earth well, until the cats move in. Yeah, ecosystem, right? It's an ecosystem that contains itself. There must be enough rodents there to sustain the hundreds and hundreds of cats that are living there, along yeah. with, obviously, the cat man's generous <laughs> offerings. <laughs> You're still listening time open if this episode has made you laugh there's a little button on your phone where you can share this directly to a friend send this episode to a friend of yours who you think might enjoy it and help the i'm open family grow just a little bit bigger every day enjoy the rest of the show so no this we can only this can only we can only conject is that so? I always wonder: Is conjecture one of those words where we can make a conjecture but we can't conject? Huh? 
Right. How do you conjugate? How do you conjugate? Well, that's what we're going to do. We're going to conject about this right now. And you're welcome, Websters, because we just made up a new word. We're going to conject about this. <laughs> do you think... <laughs> Let's conject with me, Zach. Do you think that this is just... It's so difficult and so complex to try to get these cats out that they were like, it's not worth it. Or that, as we were saying before, there's a sort of alliance between the people who really work and maintain all the grounds of, like we said, it's a giant complex. If any of you guys have the uh, pleasure of, of driving through northern New Jersey on your way to New York, you will see it. There's like a casino, a basketball arena, a football arena. There's like a whole thing. It's like right outside. Uh, a soccer complex across the street. Yeah, it's freaking huge. It's like, so it's a perfect place like for the cats. Because if there's not a game, there won't be people there. There, right. So, do you think there's some sort of an alliance between between the people who work there and the cats to like protect each other, or do you think it just, they're just like this is so fucking complicated? We can't get all these cats out of here. Let's just <laughs> let them stay. Well, so there's an issue, right? Like this this happens. Like I don't know the specifics of MetLife, but in terms of like how um, street colonies are handled like, in like urban areas, um, there's a real difference of opinion. Like some people think. What you need to do is you need to find these cats, you need to scoop them up, you need to take them out. Like, just, like, remove them, like, move them somewhere else. And what do they mean by take them out? Kill them? No, well, some people do, on the extremes, will say that, like, it's such a hard life on the street. They're su- in such danger. Cars from, you know, if they're, if it's an area, like, get eaten by coyotes or something. Like, there are people that will say, like, it's better to just euthanize them. Even the people who think the answer is just, like, taking them and moving them somewhere that's, like, less dangerous than an urban area will acknowledge that what ends up happening is you create, like, a power vacuum, right? And then just other cats, like, just roll in. So Mm. what's most common, and they talked about this with the cat at the game, what's most common is something called TNR, which is trap neuter release. And so that's where they scoop them up, get them to the vet, give them their, like, inoculations and all that stuff. Um, sterilize them and then they'll usually clip their ear like take the little point off their ear so they have a little flat top on one of their ears Mm. so that people can tell from a distance like okay that cat's been sterilized Um, because the goal there is they go back to the colony they live their life however hard it is or isn't but then the population kind of slowly declines naturally versus like actually killing them or, or moving them but it sounds like for the stadium, they've chosen neither option. <laughs> <laughs> None of the above. And hey, who are let's we to tell cats? <laughs> like, let's just roll, let's roll these dice. See what the fuck goes down with these cats. Well, you know, who are we to tell cats how to live their lives? If cats like to, you know, live on the streets with their with other cats, it is kind of, you know, weird that we make them just live without any other cats, you know, in our homes. Obviously, your two cats have, have companion the companionship of each other, of, you know, and you and Laura as well. But, you know, not all cats have that luxury yeah yeah um so uh, yeah I, you're right zach it does seem like they're like well we're just gonna kind of let these guys rock they're not trying to like trap and neuter and, and release all of them they're kind of like it does seem like i feel like it's kind of a a combination of, of the two questions of like i think it definitely would be too complicated to get all the cats out but i'm sure the workers would like the, the the folks who, who maintain the stadium and do all the different stuff at the stadium, they're the ones who work there most of the time. I'm sure they would be pissed if the cats left because they kind of probably – it's probably a really nice company when you're like mopping up the stadium just to have a couple cats chilling with you. Like it's pretty cool. 
And they probably do keep the mice and rats at least in check, you know, like they're mm-hmm. not gonna wipe them out, but at least I'm trying to imagine what it would even be like without the cats there. I don't think anybody could imagine. And I think, yeah. you know, we've really, and I'm not going to re- accuse, but I just think allegedly the MetLife people are definitely lying. <laughs> <laughs> allegedly, I am accusing them of lying because it's like, I just don't see all the things add up like you were saying. The location is perfect for a cat colony. Cats can travel within about two miles if they're feral cats. They've got a lot of rats and rodents in the area. Uh, people admitted that they originally did bring cats to the area for that express purpose. The, it all adds up. It really all adds up to one answer. Yeah. So, we cracked it. We cracked it. <laughs> we cracked it. And I could not have done it without you. Now, maybe after this whole thing, maybe folks are inspired to have their own cat. I would uh, just, just, Zach, f- from you... As a father of, of cats and, and, you know, somebody who grew up with cats as well and connoisseur of cats, what is your uh, – first I'm going to ask what is your advice for, for a cat owner and then what is maybe a surprise about owning a cat or living with a cat that not everybody might expect or maybe something that surprised you over the years? Uh, so first I would say um, definitely go to a shelter, um, get a cat that needs a home versus like um, some sort of like purebred or whatever. Like there's so many cats that need homes. A lot of shelters now are like, they, they do a, they do a lot of work to try to make sure that whatever animal you get, a cat, dog, whatever, will be one that you'll want to keep and that will be a good fit for your house. So a lot of shelters will even now um, have like a little questionnaire when you show up where they're like, hey, like, do you want an animal that's going to be super active and like want to play all the time or do you want one that's kind of like sleepy and just chill and like they'll uh they'll they'll set you up you know they'll get you like the animal that will fit your lifestyle go to a shelter um i would say don't work don't be afraid of getting a a a cat that's a little older Mm. like a lot of people want kittens and there's so many cats that are like one two three years old still have like a ton of life left in them and like people aren't adopting them so definitely don't be afraid of a little older cat as for something that's uh surprising cats are super affectionate cats are super friendly like cats definitely will miss you when you're gone you come back and they're just like psyched to see you like there's like the cats get a bad rap about like that they're not uh as friendly as dogs or whatever they're just like they have a slightly different mode they're like a little more um self-sufficient which is great if you're going to be out but like They'll also, they'll warm up to you and they'll like want to spend time with you. And it, it's, you know, it's, it's almost like, it almost feels better when you get that from them. Cause you're like, you're like, yeah, I earned that. You know? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that, that is, you're totally true. Right. You love, I mean, you, you spend a lot of beautiful quality time with your cats and are obviously very affectionate with you for, um, all the I'm open family, uh, around the world. We will make sure we get a photo up there of Zach, uh, bonding with his cats. Cause there's nothing sweeter, uh, than, than seeing the love on their, on their, uh, collective faces, enjoying each other's company. Um, where can people, hear other funny shit you do and maybe see you perform or follow you. Um, so I am uh, at Zach F. Mason on Twitter, Z-A-C-H-F-M-A-S-O-N, and also at uh, Zach F. Mason on Instagram. Those are probably the best places. Hell yeah. Funny stuff. Incredible art. This man is multi-talented. And do you have any cool shows coming up that people can see? Yeah, so um, I am a co-director with Laura Barber of this show called In Lieu of Flowers, which is an improvised funeral show uh, done through Washington Improv Theater in D.C. 
and we are going to have um, some shows coming up. Uh, I would say check those, check Instagram, check Twitter for dates. Um, but that show is coming back, and we're going to be doing some more. Awesome! You you heard you heard it here first, everybody. Follow this man so you know when the shows are coming back. Always incredible work from Zach, and uh, if you're in the DC area, you don't want to miss it, or maybe he'll even be coming to a to a stadium near you sometime soon. MetLife. <laughs> You never know. So, Zach, before you go, um, well, you know, thank, thanks for for helping do our, our deep, deep mask off this week. Um, if you guys haven't figured it out by now, the MetLife Cat Colonies, they win our mask off performer of the week award. And we're really excited to do an extended mask off this week. And, um, Zach, do you just have any, any parting words, any goodbye for uh, the rest of the I'm Open family out here around the world listening? Yeah, of course. I just want to uh, thank you, David, for having me on your show. I love your show. Uh, I, I, I consider it a testament to your uh, charisma and talents that I listened to a show about sports when I, before you said it today, did not know which football teams were playing when that cat came out. <laughs> and that's the beauty of it. That's why it's the fucking I'm Open podcast, as we say. And we literally just did about 40 minutes on cats here. And that's why this is the best fucking podcast in the world. Nobody else can do that. So thank you so much, Zach. I definitely could have, could not have done it without you. I learned a lot and I laughed a lot. And that's uh, that's what it's about. Cool. Thank you so much, David. All right. Thanks, dude. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to I'm Open. We hope you had almost as much fun as we did. Don't forget to give us a rating, write us a review, tell a friend to listen to the show, and follow us on Instagram at I'm Open underscore pod. Everybody, have a great night, and don't forget to stay open.